Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Property Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. How are you doing, Anita? Yes, good. Thanks. Just <laughs> ferreting around looking for my notes on this person that we interviewed. But clearly, I don't have them anymore because that was a couple oh, yeah. of days ago. Was we don't like, always yeah, record days this ago. top and tail um, Real on the time. same day that we do the interview with the interviewee. And so often it's so I write notes while we interview them so I can like remind myself of stuff, the book that they recommend and any points. And then obviously I just write stuff on scraps of paper. But she wrote, yeah, she writes. <laughs> I need a system. Like, you need a book. Well, I have books, but then I get fed up with them. I don't know why. I've got a book. <laughs> and then you all, go, oh, that was on you, Monday. You're still I'll go the same old book hanging around. <laughs> yeah. So I do yeah, remember because so, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Yeah, it was only two days ago. Yeah. So it's not Are you sure it wasn't yesterday? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> it was two days ago but it was the evening so then maybe that's why oh, yes, <laughs> it was the evening of monday but um yeah so today just to, you're probably all thinking wow god tell us who it is now <laughs> today we interviewed <laughs> i bet everybody at home i bet they're just going oh tell us who it is now for how long have you told us who? but i've been um connected to this lady for a long time and quite a while I've been trying to get her on the podcast. So it's a lady called Lauren Tickner. She's been in marketing for years. She's got a really interesting story in terms of uh, her background and how she ended up doing this. Um, and she's relatively, she actually became a millionaire, you know, by, I think it was like 23 that she actually became a millionaire. Um, she, with she, she says within, within it, but yeah, worked really, really, really hard to get there. And uh, she'll admit herself, actually, she wishes perhaps hadn't worked as hard because sometimes she felt like, well, I'm successful, nothing else. So, you know, she didn't have much of a life and blah, blah, blah. So obviously some of the things that she talked about in this episode is kind of to help people that are perhaps in that situation where they're, they are doing a lot and, you know, you're wearing every hat, aren't you, as an entrepreneur sometimes. And it's to be like, actually, should you be wearing all those hats? And if you are, what are you going to do to pass them on to other people and maybe get some of your time back but still be able to scale and grow which i which i really like let's get into it, it. good stuff if you're enjoying property marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate follow and subscribe our mission is to be able to ensure that business owners founders they're actually able to take their business back to to what they got into it for and actually love what they do and so how we do that is we center everything around four pillars. We work with the people who like want to go out there, make the content that they actually want to make like a bulldozer and just post the stuff that they want. And know with certainty that on the back end, there's a safety net that's going to actually turn all of that interest and that attention into high price packages and clients that you love to work with. Like put super simply, that's what we do. And obviously I can, I'm happy to get into the nitty gritty, but for me, there's this pressure on entrepreneurs to have this like giant fancy business with all these very structured departments and everything, which is great for some people, but for the people that I tend to, to, to work with and that at Impact School we serve, we want to serve the people that are more creators or they're really, really good at what they do. And they want to be able to talk about that with certainty that there's actually going to be business on the back end of it. So, so you help set up all of those like back end processes that make business just run more smoothly. We really, really or... focus on sales and marketing side of things okay. because 
to be honest, we would we were helping with everything, and that was actually our demise. And so last year, we really just like looked at everything that we're best at and it's like helping people showcase their authority turn that authority into actual leads and then turn those leads into actual clients because i really believe that a lot of people confuse interest with intent when really people can be asking you questions all day long big difference yeah they have no if they have no intent of actually becoming a client you're wasting your time so yeah really i mean i always believe that there was like let's take operations as an example we'll always look at a client's operations but the thing is, we're not the best at doing that. And so if that's like the one thing they need help with, we have someone who we get help about that with. And so we just refer them over there. And then they send us clients sometimes too. And I think what I've noticed, especially like in just online business in general, is people getting way more specific in certain mm-hmm. things. People who are doing that are actually the ones that are coming out on top. So our whole thing is million dollar audience so that you can actually sell high price packages through the audience that you actually love to connect with. Yeah. So what's your background then? How did you get into this? So 10 years ago, I started making fitness content. And okay. for me, it was just like something that I'd always done, right? I was just posting social media. Uh, I never planned to make it a business. I actually worked in asset management for a while. And like the only thing that was keeping me sane was my fitness Instagram back then, because I was just making friends with like-minded people. And I was just sat around people all day who just hated their job. <laughs> and their life. <laughs> Yeah. And, and actually yeah. the guy that's behind me, he had two daughters that were older than me. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, like if I stay in this job, I'm just going to become just like him. And so it was quite like a shocking realization for me because I, I don't want to do this, but w- what shall I do? I was honestly yeah. really lost because especially where like I grew up in England, it's like very much okay. You go to, it's a good school. You go to the best university, like Russell Group Uni, got to get into one of the best ones. And then from there you go and work in finance. And so I did all of that. I actually did my finance before I went to university because I like deferred it and everything. But everything was just seemed like it needed to be harder than it needed to be. Whereas I had this fitness Instagram and I was actually selling some programs and stuff. And I was making way more money than all my friends because I was, they were all doing like pub jobs, you know? And yeah. so I thought, well, there's probably something here, but my my ego and like my image was kind of keeping me back from going all in on it because something like fitness, right? I mean, you were always here, you know, people in fitness don't really make much money, especially my family. They were really judging me because it's like, you're going to go and work and you do fitness. You're going to be a Yeah. And trainer. it's traditionally like a time for money thing, isn't it? Was for yeah, most yeah, people. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you either work loads of hours and earn loads of money or, or you don't need the way exactly. it's pleasant yeah and it's actually such a grind I mean like my ex-boyfriend yeah. that's what he did and he was just constantly knackered you know yeah so then basically after a few years I was really successful with fitness and then other people started asking me how did I do that and I didn't really kind of get the cue from the market for a while until probably about two or three years after I started getting invited to these events and I think this is such an important to speak about social media that's what I was invited to these fitness events to talk about and it's such an important like cue because if someone is asking you a lot about something that's most likely an area of authority and I feel like when people do business in the area where they are actually like a legitimate authority everything is so much easier but again I think people overcomplicate it for themselves because they think they have to do this like very traditional thing which is respectable but ultimately you can build a respectable great business and legitimately anything um we we always say the same thing like it's the thing you can't help meddling in anyway so you don't it's not necessarily thing you're trained in or you've got qualifications in but it's that thing that like you say people ask you because you just can't help giving people advice yeah because I used to go to uh property networking events and because I used to like link 
I was on LinkedIn forever because I used to be a recruitment consultant. So people mm. would be like, oh, I'm stuck with this. And I'd patch your phone. I'd like me- mess with their LinkedIn, you know, like merge their two profiles and go, there you go. And, you know, like, like, and he said, you just can't stop meddling in the thing. And, and I remember yeah. years ago, somebody even said like, why don't you be a social media manager? Because you, you're always on this stuff, you know. And I was like, no way, because exactly the same reason like you said. So I was like, earning decent money full-time in recruitment. I was like, what? I'm going to go and just log into people's um, social medias for them and post them. No offense, people, if you're listening to this and you are that, but I was like, I'm not going to do that for a job, just log in and post and then quit. But then it wasn't until a bit later. I thought, oh, okay. Like you said there, it, it can be more than that. It doesn't have to be that. It's actually, you could show people how they can they can access. And what we, what we do is we help people in property use social media to attract investors or deals or direct bookings, that kind of thing. So, and we mostly send them to at the moment it's more linkedin that we teach them on obviously that that changes but the strategy is the same but that's why i wanted to get you on so much because obviously we see you um out there talking about you, you can help people in all mostly it's coaches you help isn't it or those people like you say authority people in authoritative sort of um spaces i guess well over the last few years that was what we were doing more so honestly because in 2020 that was just the demand and my background was in fitness and then what we noticed is we were getting naturally a lot of like business coaches come to us but to be honest nowadays it's really interesting it's funny you mentioned social media management because one of our clients she has this multi-million dollar um social media management business and then now the reason she came to us for example is because she was selling these like low price courses and now she wanted to package it up into a high price coaching program so yeah i mean that's a coaching example but we actually decided that we wanted to niche down as you were um Mm -hmm when it comes to what we actually, the outcome that we help people with rather than the actual sort of uh, vertical in which they do business. Because yeah. we realize you can kind of do what we do on a, a sliding scale as it were. So on this end, it's like very much you have the client do it for themselves. You just teach them and train them on how to do it. When in the middle, it's kind of like a blend of two. It's like done with you. And then on the end, it's like some of our clients have totally done for you agencies and services, freelancing, etc. So it doesn't really matter on that end of things. And that's actually a mistake that I feel like a lot of people kind of make is like, they feel like the niche must be specifically when it comes to, okay, I help only coaches or I help only people who are having, you know, property, right? Doesn't necessarily need to be that way. And that's actually allowed us to open up our total addressable market massively while becoming an authority figure sort of more generally in the industry, which for us was powerful. But yeah, I think starting with one thing and then expanding it makes a lot of sense. And then for you as well, like, you know, the bit that you're good at and really honing in on that bit rather than, like you say, trying to do everything for all the people. Um, So what did you just one day just go, right, Okay, I'm going to quit this job. Or did did it take you a while to, to do that? And how did you end up being in Dubai? I was totally conflicted because I didn't really know what else I would do if I didn't do asset management, because it's always what I naturally thought I must do right I actually was on the website of the university while I was at work because I used to have a standing desk and so everyone else would sit down and I would just stand right (laughs) because no one could see what I was doing on my screen and so I was looking at the website I actually said on the front page like of the whole university UK's number one business degree and it was saying like admissions is open for the next coming year 
And I thought, well, that's what I'm supposed to be studying at this uni. So let me just call them and let's see if I can do that because I need, I was trying to change to sport and exercise science because that's what I was into at the time. But they wouldn't let me join because I didn't do science for A-levels, right? It's so stupid because I was really good at that, probably knew more than most people who were going to enter that degree. But anyways, so yeah, I phoned them up and then they let me switch on to the different degree. It was honestly like everything happened in a weird order. Like this is all over, you know, quite a few years now. So how did I end up in Dubai? That was off. This, this whole story is like super disjointed. So I'll just jump there anyway. But yeah, basically I was sat next to my friend in Dubai and he told me there's no tax here. And I was like, oh, sweet. Cool. How do I get set up? That's pretty much it. Um, so I set up and moved my business over there because of the tax advantages. And you, do you enjoy being over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really cool. I mean, there's a lot of like-minded people. I feel like in the UK, I never really fit in because I'm yeah. I'm very, very very entrepreneurial and I'm also very weird. Like I'm just very different to most people from the UK. And I think I had a lot of like American influences as I was growing up because my best friend was from the USA. And so I just was always kind of enjoying that more that open culture and open-mindedness, which I didn't feel like I got in the UK at all. Yeah, it's not it's not always uh, uh, embraced here, is it? When you are like that, when you're a little bit different, or maybe louder, or just say what comes into your head. People don't. Yeah, it's not the done way here here in the UK for sure. Yeah. I definitely feel that vibe of people thinking that you know. I don't quite belong in that kind of space with those people, especially if you're entrepreneurial and you want to do well. And plus you're into fitness as well. You're not just like going to pubs, drinking and um, and whatever. So what, yeah, I don't drink as well, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink either. What would be like the top three tips that you would give somebody then if they're like sitting right now and they've got a business and they're like, they really, really, really heard you when you said, okay, I'm head of finance, I'm um, the social media manager, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. They're doing all these different things in their business. What would you say is the three things they can do to kind of help them get out of that start? Most people seem to really underprice what they're selling. So I see all the time, it's like a couple hundred a month or something. But I don't think about it as increasing your price. I think about it as increasing the value that the person who's buying it is actually going to receive. Now, naturally, sometimes just through increasing the price, you actually get the person on the receiving end to value your service more. It's pretty interesting, but it does often happen that way. Now, obviously, if you go from charging like £100 a month to 10k yeah you're gonna have to offer something that's a little more (laughs) valuable right but it's not as difficult as I think people make it out to be it's all it's really about like deciding which outcome am I gonna try and take these clients to and then how can I actually get them there so I think one of the examples that comes to my mind is like you know bookkeeping services right yeah you can I don't know I remember people in the UK charge like 100, 200, 300 pounds a month or something for that. What if you were able to actually come in and offer to be essentially like a fractional CFO to a company and you're pretty much doing the same thing. It's just that instead of just doing the books, you're giving daily reporting, weekly reporting. All it would take is you hire a virtual assistant or someone to go in and actually communicate that with the client every single day. Then you could also maybe highlight where there's discrepancies or something that doesn't look right, et cetera, et cetera. Then immediately you've just become way more valuable to that company than just doing some bookkeeping every now and then, yeah. which probably has felt as like a drag to most people. It's like, oh, I have to talk yeah. to the bookkeeper and make me look through all these Excel files again and so it's more about like how can you be more proactive so the first thing is really just looking at the price points and then what are you actually delivering to people and how can you actually make it more valuable because there are going to be businesses out there people out there that are willing and wanting to pay more for different services that they're not getting from you and that's how i would say a lot of people can 
probably make a very, very simple change to that business model right away. And it also requires less operational complexity because, of course, if you're then able to have fewer clients while still bringing in the same amount of money, then that's less faff around for you, less kind of drag, as it were. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, I think you mentioned, for example, like LinkedIn, right? Well, a very easy way to reach more people just with a click of your fingers is to just literally copy and paste what you're posting onto LinkedIn, onto every single other platform, Twitter. Right now, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook uh, profile, Facebook page, uh, YouTube sort of um, feed thing. And I don't know why a lot of people don't do that because you can really, really get a lot better reach. For example, one of your LinkedIn posts that gets 20,000 impressions or 2,000 impressions, well, that might then go and get 3,000 more on Twitter. And then one of those impressions might ultimately message you and then become a client. So it's actually not that much harder to do that, but for some reason people don't do it and then yeah, people stay where they are in their comfort zone yeah don't they like yeah but they just yeah, stay well, with, I, they like twitter they'll stay on twitter they won't yeah right yeah i mean it's just it's no extra effort you know and so yeah. i don't really get why people don't do that to be honest and then also if you're kind of hearing well i'm the head of finance and the head of social media I mean, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is actually a revenue review, whereby you look at your hours in the day and then, yeah, it's kind of boring to do this for two weeks straight, but it's really worth it. You literally list down every 30 minutes, what are you doing in those 30 minutes? Mm -hmm. And so then you're actually able to then put like a money sign next to something that actually brings in your business revenue. And then I also like to put like a tick if it gives you energy. Because as a business owner, you want to be in that zone where you're able to feel energized. Because those things that are not giving you energy and that are not giving you money in your business, that can easily just be offloaded to somebody else. And if you're not making enough money in your business to be able to offload to other people, first things first, maybe you haven't even considered potential opportunities that you could outsource or pay by the hour, things like Fiverr or things like hiring, you know, overseas, that could be a really cost-effective way to get those things done for for very affordable prices. But then the second thing is, are you being control freak? Because I think a lot of people are way too much control controlling what's going on when really like, do you actually need to be the one who is going through and organizing the exact date and time that the cleaners are going to come in to clean this property? Probably not. I think sometimes people almost hide behind these tasks. So they're busy, but they're not having to then, they don't have time to go and do the things that perhaps are getting outside of their comfort zone, like getting out on social media and what have you. And I think, I think you're right. Absolutely right with the pricing thing. But I think what a lot of people struggle with is um, that we find with our clients it's not about changing what they do, but it's about changing how they talk about what they do. So they struggle. You talked about value and they struggle to describe value. They just talk about the stuff and what you get. So you get this and you get that. And people don't buy the stuff, do they? They buy the outcomes. It's so obvious if you're in marketing, but if you're not, no one's ever told you to just describe the transformation or the outcome that you're offering for somebody rather than all the mechanical bits and bobs. Totally, yeah. And the feelings that it's going to allow them to have in their lives and in their mm. businesses. I think that's really powerful because when you can paint the picture of how their life is going to look once they have your solution in their world, then they're going to immediately be able to transport themselves into that picture and then be able to feel how everything's going to feel specifically to them. This is also something relevant for sort of more more UK, but we kind of have this mindset where it's like, oh, well, I have to do it myself. You know, I should be able to figure it out. It's just not true because everything changed for me when I started hiring people that were actually better than me at the different things in my business. 
And I don't know why we have this mindset. I just think it's probably like how we grew up in, in the UK. It's pretty interesting. But It's the school mentality, isn't it, that you've got to do it yourself. And if you have people help you do your work, it's considered cheating. So that's how we all kind of grow up with those blinkers on. And, and actually, you're right, going hire people that are better than you. So is that how you kind of scaled your business then? What made the difference? The first thing was the one I realised that I am 100 percent responsible for everything Mm -hmm. you know because I think it's really easy then when you do start hiring people to then blame them and be like well this person didn't do it's not that they didn't do it because they want to be annoying and because they want to not do it people want to do a good job is that they didn't understand the responsibility they didn't understand their role they didn't understand the requirements or maybe they just didn't have a deadline or they weren't clear on the steps and so it's your responsibility to make sure that they have that so that they can actually get their work done properly And at the same time, a lot of people just hire the first person that kind of comes to their mind, maybe a friend or family, friends of friends, et cetera. But really, that's a pretty dangerous way to actually hire people because there's been no process to actually bring them in, which is repeatable. And that's actually structured and that will protect you from potential downside. And so I believe that process actually allows you to have that protection and when you skip and shortcut things because it's desperate or you really need it right now, then you often end up in in sort of mistakes. So to, your, to answer your question, like, is that the thing that changed everything for me? I mean, there's many things that changed everything, right? And everything happens sequentially. And it happens depending on the size and scale of your business. And so I really think that depending on the level of revenue that's the best way to identify what exactly you do need to do at that moment rather than basing it upon your team size or basing it upon your goals because it's really really easy to look at someone who has a team of 50 and another company that has a team of 50 but one of them may have everyone is in the philippines and gets paid no more than 500 dollars a month whereas it may be every single employee is in the usa and everyone's getting paid on average let's just say six grand a month so they're very two very different businesses and so i think it's more interesting to talk about like i guess like a mistake that i've made um and a mistake that i would always make is thinking that there's this one perfect structure that my business simply must operate around and as soon as i was able to let go of that and realize that actually I am the founder of this business and because I'm the founder and because I'm a very entrepreneurial person and this isn't like a corporate entity, we're fully remote, all online, et cetera, then I need to make sure that I have the things around me that allow me personally to stay in momentum and that my team has the same. It's not necessarily like there's this one perfect organizational chart. It's more about, okay, what are my roles and responsibilities as the founder? What do I need operationally to make that happen what team do i need so that i can have my ng protected stay in my zone of genius and scale the business while the day-to-day is being taken care of by my operations manager and the rest of the team and the tech that we have in place yeah because i love what you said about you know where you say work out how much time you're spending on what different things and then um i'd never heard it before where you said like and then give it a tick if it if it gives you energy because the thing is you might spend time doing things and you might think oh somebody else could do that but actually if it gives you energy and you don't mind doing it why not keep those bits because although they might not be income generated, they keep the energy and they don't take you too much away and you can then focus on income generating things as well keep keep it in but yeah you get to get like you say you get to decide because you're the founder and I do I hear that a lot with people that they've gone maybe they've worked with a certain coach or with somebody else before and then they've been told to do it a certain way and they literally haven't even entered their head that you know you ask what well, somebody that's us once actually I can't remember who it was we had I think it might have been Zach we had this guy um he was based in Australia and he was this um 
he was his coach and he said like once he just like questioned both of us why do you have that bit in your business and both me and Anita were like I don't know just because we always had no, no one had actually ever said what like why did what why do you do that like or I think it was like something wasn't it our academy I don't yeah maybe and then it was like no no it was our Facebook group yeah and he was like we well, don't need to do that whatever the thing was we were doing and we we're like oh shit yeah we actually don't just because we've always when we started out that's what we did we don't have to do that anymore we do get to decide and change and if it's not serving us or serving the business just stop doing it so we did and yeah. it was like oh, a good reminder but when you're so working day to day in things you often forget you can do this yeah because yeah, then someone can come in and look at your business from a third angle and just tell you one thing and you're like oh my gosh yeah that makes so much yeah. sense that's but that's you what you so need because and all, often that one thing is something that you might say to other businesses but you just yeah. can't see it in your own business can you so I think having coaches and people come in and look at your business is invaluable definitely 100 yeah. percent. and just going back to that point like most people won't actually do a revenue review so what do I mean when I say revenue review? So it's like literally for two weeks straight, you don't have to start on a Monday. You can start today. It is Monday when we record this by chance, but you can start literally right now, every 30 minute increment of your day, write down what it is that you're doing and then write down, is this bringing in revenue to my business? And is this giving me energy? So put a pound sign or a dollar sign next to the things that bring in revenue, put a tick or a cross, if it, a tick if it gives you energy, and a cross if it does not give you energy, or and, and even put a minus sign if it takes away your energy. And then I think treat- I might just be horrified at how many of those I'm writing snacking. <laughs> <laughs> at the minute, like, you know, chopping up healthy food now. <laughs> Which not- technically does give me energy, but... <laughs> well, I don't know, right, but so, so really, I mean, people won't commit to this, though. And so I'm yeah. the type of person where, like, I really hate this type of thing because it makes me feel trapped. Me too. Feel stressed. And that's quite natural as a business owner because we want to have, like, white space on our calendar to do the things that we want to do, right? But at the end of the day... This Plus, is it's just another great. chore, isn't it? And when we're already busy, which is why we're doing this. But, yeah, it's another yeah. thing to do. So just put a pen and paper right next to your laptop or whatever you work on and then just list, literally list it down. And you can have a, a reminder that pops up every 30 minutes on your laptop to remind you to do it. And yeah, there's going to be moments where you just go into this oblivion of three hours and you didn't know what just happened. You need to write that down because with self-awareness comes progress. And really, this is going to allow you to see, oh my gosh, I'm spending two hours a day. I was talking to one of our members and she has a business doing around 80 to 90,000 US dollars in new cash collected every single month. And she was spending literally two hours a day pretty much like disciplining these appointment setters that were totally draining her energy. And so when we looked at actually her best revenue generating activities, it was her just hopping onto a really quick 15 minute call enrolling new clients. And so we got to get rid of those appointment setters. We actually fired them both. So she would have that time back at an extra 10 plus hours a week. Then she could just go get on quite a lot more of these sales calls. And that's how she was able to protect her energy and bring in more revenue at the same time. Yeah. For me personally, what I found is that I was spending a few hours every single day just typing on Slack to my team, which is hugely inefficient because I'm just back and forth and back and forth in time zone. And then someone gets bottlenecks. And so what I realized is that, well, I should not even go on Slack. It's just not a good use of anybody's time. If they need to get to me, they should put it on the project management board or bring it to our daily huddle. And so ever since then, I felt so free because now I'm actually able to get into that deep flow work, which otherwise I was not able to do because I was getting so distracted. My energy was going all over the place. And simple Mm -hmm. things like this, 
can get you a lifetime of freedom into the future, but most people won't do it because it sounds like a drag. It's just like going to the gym, right? It's not really that hard. It's very, very simple actually, but even just, you could just take a walk, but people have build up this kind of nervousness in their mind that, that makes it like a really high barrier to entry. When actually something like this is probably the most profitable thing that you can do. If you're gonna do anything after actually listening to this, just let it be this. For two weeks straight, even on weekends, list out what it is that you are doing every 30 minutes. Tick if it gives you energy, cross if it doesn't give you energy, minus if it takes away your energy and put a pound sign next to it if it's making you money. Then at the end, look at the things that give you energy and make you money. Those are the things that you need to be doing and protecting. And the things that take away your energy, you need to get that off your plate pronto. And the things that make money, but you kind of like maybe you know, it's kind of impartial to you. Retain it for a while, but work towards actually delegating that off. And this is a really effective way to figure out what to do because a lot of people go for like the Eisenhower matrix, which is that important and urgent, urgent and not important, not important, not urgent, blah, blah, blah. But for entrepreneurs and people like us, everything is urgent. So that does not work for us. Yeah. Or is this a better way to actually prioritize what you need to be doing to get your business to the next level? And I didn't really talk about anything too too tactical here because I really believe that this is an underarching thing that everyone can do right now. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it, I, I bet it'd be really interesting. I bet it'd be revelationary to a lot of people, including me. I might give it a go. Mm. Come on. Yeah, I will give it a go. But it's weird because I think it makes you understand yourself better because it's all about your motivation, isn't it? So I quite happily get up in the morning and run five miles every day, yet I put off the hoovering <laughs> some, or, you know, any kind of those boring chores, whereas most people think actually it's easier to do something like that or put in the shopping away. I find that really boring. Um, you know, I'd rather go and do something physical. So, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to understand. I think it is a good idea to put the, like, the emotion next to it to understand um, are you spending a lot of your day doing things that drain you? Yeah. 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 And I think most people are. Yeah. But like to your point, it's like that's what makes you feel like you're progressing. Do you see mm. what I mean? So when you run, you most likely asso- like the things that give us energy are the things that associate us with progress or yes. some yeah. type of reward, recognition. What is it that actually is giving us dopamine? So I'm the same as you. I will, I would go on a long ass walk, a run, a really hard workout, but like I am not cleaning anything. I will not clean. It, the thought of cleaning is like hell to me. I'm just not doing that. I'd rather pay someone a lot of money to do that. Okay. Yeah. And so we were saying this the other day when we were in Dubai, the other day But we're so unreasonable because we're saying we would rather do that, but equally don't really want someone in the house cleaning while I'm doing no, I do, I do, so I do, If Sandra, you could come when have, I'm not there. Yeah, I don't mind I, Sandra. I have, I have a cleaner Sandra comes. I, I don't mind her in the house. But yeah. You do. You go, oh, she's been chatting to me for ages. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she does distract. She does distract me. Oh, God, I hope she don't listen to this now. She won't listen to it. <laughs> she's, she's in her 70s. Yeah. I don't think she's listening oh, to the podcast. Um, but yeah, mm. I do. Yeah, I, I would rather she just like, yeah, didn't distract me. But um, yeah, I definitely don't do any. It's funny because sometimes she goes, she goes, where's your Hoover? And I think, wherever you left it last time you were here. I don't know. I've not touched it since. <laughs> Going like, it's wherever. Um, but we, we always ask two questions on this podcast. Um, the first one being, we're the Get Savvy Club. What makes you savvy? I do everything I can to protect my energy. As I was just saying, I mean, I want to stay in that state of progress where I'm, my energy's lifted. I feel like I'm in that flow state. And so anything that's going to knock me away from that, I, I just, it's like it's not even a thing. So obviously there's things that you, as a business owner, you have to do them and they're going to drag you. But what I always try and do is I try and tell myself as I'm doing this thing, this is only temporary. 
I've optimized my life to be savvy and efficient. And so while I'm, while I'm doing that thing, I'm just like asking myself, what am I learning from this? And I'm telling myself, I'm testing my patience. And so I kind of turned everything into a game. So like if I have to read some really boring paperwork, oh, it's like 80 pages or some, something like this. I'm like, this is testing my patience right now. This is really good personal development. And that's really helped me because otherwise it is true. It totally drains you. And you don't want to be in that drained state because then you can't show up as a good leader for your team, your audience, your clients, your members. And we need to prevent that. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, though, isn't it? Because often the worst part is the the putting it off. So we went to Dubai yeah. last week and I carried with me a printed out with changing all our terms and conditions. So I printed them out. Someone's done them for us. All I had to do is read it and say whether I'm happy or not. Carried it on the plane with me, carried it all around Dubai, carried it on the plane back. Only read it this morning, 20 minutes before I had to get on a call with the woman that had written them and tell her. And I was like, what was the point of that? And But it was on my mind thinking, we haven't done that, Anita. You haven't done that, have you? Uh, and, you know, I even woke up, up this morning. Took thinking, up space in your head. Yeah, took yeah. up more space in your head than what Actually, it took me 20 minutes to do it so yeah why? yeah it slows you down as well it's like let's say you're walking up a big hill and you have a giant heavy backpack on your back yeah. and you're just going up and it's so hard well literally if you just took it off and then you could climb up the hill so much faster and so much more easily and yeah. why do we do that to ourselves you know it's like for me it's kind of i my my thing is i just want to nip it in the bud right that's kind of like the, the thing i think it's like how can i just get get it gone and then I can focus and get back in my zone yeah yeah Yeah. and and the second question we always ask is for you to recommend a book something that's helped you along the way maybe um it could be personal development a business book marketing book wow I have a big list (laughs) I have like a list of like 30 that's the time it's narrowing it down isn't it yeah yeah Yeah. there's a good book called you're a badass at making money okay by Jen Cicero oh yeah that's a solid book because I feel like for UK, honestly, a lot of it's money mindset issues. We just see this all the time with our members. That's the first one. Second, whereas you USA, they're just like, yeah, I want to make millions, you know? Yeah, so they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second one, the books by Robert Cialdini, like Influence and Persuasion. those are really good books to actually help you convey your message in a better, more articulate way. Depends what you're kind of going after, but those couple of different options should should be solid how can people find out more about you if they're interested in knowing more about how you work and what you do where should they go yes so impact school podcast so we have a a show there where we upload podcast content like this and then um if anyone is interested in learning more about how we can help you actually reprice repackage reposition everything that you're doing sell more stuff online then it's impactschoolpodcast.com slash free there's a free training there that kind of will just go into more detail about a few of the things that I touched on here um, that your audience should probably enjoy. And if they like what they hear, they can always schedule a call with a member of our team. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. Awesome. So, yeah, she's interesting. I like people who just seem to move all around the world. That's my aim. Once once the children, it's not that far away, but once the children don't need me to actually live with them, I'm off. <laughs> Come and find yeah. me wherever I am. She, she's in a different stage of life, isn't she? So she's like mindful, like she hasn't got kids yet, which is why she's she's doing it now which we're um, coming out i think of a lot of a lot of people do wish that they had done that but to be fair years ago it wasn't as much people did it but it wasn't as much the the done thing and it definitely wasn't as easy to interact with everyone you you couldn't just you know you had to you know what randomly uh my son asked me yesterday he said uh 
do you know what phone cards are? And I had to think for a second. I went, do you mean like what you put? Because remember people bought credit on like phone cards. And then I realized what he meant. Remember when there was phone boxes and you had a phone, you could buy like a phone card with so much amount of money on, couldn't you? And put that in. That's what he meant. So I went to ask Where did he got that from? I don't know. Shows how like different mm. generations look at things completely differently. Yeah. So anyway. um, what book did Lauren shout out? She, uh, no, I do know. She said about six books, didn't she? Oh, she, she said just, quite a few. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Loads. So, um, you know, if you want to win one, pick whatever one you want. And uh, yeah. we have to do a screenshot that episode, put it on social media, tag us in, and we will put you in the hat yeah. virtual hat or whatever you call it and um if we'll pull your name out you could just choose whichever book you want out of that yeah. lovely long list i suppose different books are better depending what you're looking where you are on your journey and things Indeed. it's interesting when you read a book and you think it's great and then you read it later and then it means so many different things then because you've grown so much and you're like okay i didn't really read that into it last time or that's more relevant to me now Ooh, yeah it? i think what i've noticed as we've been doing all the interviews is that so many people have a book that's meant a lot to them that they then reread at different times in their kind of journey mm. and it they pick out different bits from it but there are certain books which it's definitely worth revisiting and rereading have a good rest of the day whatever you're doing and we'll see you on the next one enjoy yourself bye. bye that was property marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it connect with us on social media just search get savvy club